Hey, Alliance Church. Uh, coming to you again with another video as we continue to work through the book of Mark. Uh, we're not meeting this Sunday, but I wanted to, uh, to still try to walk with you as best as I can over video through what the Lord has to say to us through Mark. I hope these videos have been encouraging, have uh, helped you to spend some time uh, as an individual, as a family, just allowing the Lord to continue to speak to your heart uh, through the life of Jesus in Mark. So let's continue on. Uh, we're in Mark chapter 2, verse 18 is where we're going to start. Uh, and what we're going to look at is two teachings of Jesus that were hard for the hearers to hear and oftentimes are hard for us as 21st century Christians to understand. Uh, it's Jesus' take on two specific laws uh, that they had in ancient Judaism that we have today, but we don't really practice today. Uh, that don't mean the same thing to us as it meant to them. And so these are two teachings that are commonly misunderstood and honestly just glossed over. Uh, but I think there's a lot of value in taking a look at them. So let's start in Mark chapter 2, verse 18. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. People came and asked him, him being Jesus, why do John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, the wedding guests cannot fast while the groom is with them, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. But the time will come when the groom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new patch pulls away from the old cloth, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost as well as the wineskins, but new wine is for fresh wineskins. This passage, like I said, oftentimes is, is skipped over because it talks about fasting, which is not something that we, as, as certainly the American church, typically talk about. And it's just taken to mean uh, Jesus wanted to do a new thing. New wine, new wineskins, new patch, new garment. But really, he was talking in the context of fasting. And while I do believe Jesus, uh, you could take that new wine, new wineskin thing and apply it to a lot of what he taught and a lot of the kingdom message, I don't want to miss the specific meaning that he was shooting for here. You see, so people came to Jesus and they went, hey, when we look around, we see the Pharisees and their disciples fasting. We see John, who they really respected, and his disciples fasting. How come we don't see your disciples fasting? What fasting had become uh, in Jesus' day was this way to show off how pious and how religious you were. That was at least the way that the majority of people used it. They would fast and they would, they would put on sackcloth and throw ashes on their face. And this way to just look really run down so that everyone would look and go, whoa, they're really serious about their faith. There were probably some who were getting it right, but the majority were using it as this way to show off their religiosity. Actually, in another gospel, Jesus actually calls the religious leaders out and he says, when you fast, you make sure everyone knows it. And he actually tells them that that kind of fasting is of no value. But he says, we're fasting in a new way. We're, we're going to approach fasting in a new way. He says, right now, you guys fast and my disciples don't. They don't because it's like being sad when the groom is at the wedding. The time when you should celebrate and just experience relationship with the groom, he says that's not a time for fasting. They were using fasting to show how good and upright and religious they were. 
Jesus said fasting is a way of seeking the face of God. And you don't need to go seeking when he's right here. My disciples realize that I'm right here, but he says there will come a day when I'm gone and they will fast. Fasting is a really confusing thing uh, to our 21st century American church. We don't really know what to do with it. Uh, it's not really a law where we're told, here's how you have to fast on this day of this month. But fasting comes up a lot in the story of the New Testament. We see the disciples and followers of Jesus fasting and praying. And for most of us, we don't really know what to do with that, so we move on. And what Jesus was saying was this, my disciples are going to fast in a new way because now that they're in relationship with me, there's going to be times that where they need to hear my voice. There's going to be times where they need to know my will and fasting and prayer is going to be the way that they seek my face in those times. His disciples didn't need to at the time because he was right there, but there would come a time that's now passed where he left and they needed to seek his face. They needed guidance, they needed direction, and fasting and prayer was a tool that they would use to focus themselves on the Savior, to seek his face. You see it all the time in the early church when they needed direction and guidance, they would fast and pray. It was a way of seeking the face of their God. Not the old way, the old wineskins, the old garment, of just doing it because it's what the law required. You were, you were commanded and so you did it to be a good Jew, but instead a way of seeking deeper relationship with the Father. To seek his will in times of uncertainty, they would fast and pray. It was a way of quieting themselves and focusing on their Savior. And Jesus said, there is this new thing happening through my followers. And when they fast, they'll experience something that the Old Testament religion could never promise. They'll experience the presence of their God in a new and fresh way. Jesus then goes on uh, with another difficult teaching that again, we, we kind of lose in our 21st century culture. Uh, picking it up in Mark chapter two, in verse 23, on the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David and those who were with him did when they were in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest, and he ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave some to his companions. He then told them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not the man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So I want you to picture that scene. Jesus is walking with his disciples uh, between towns, and there's this grain field around. And as his disciples are walking, they simply begin to pick off the heads of grains. And what they would do is they would rub them between their hands to get all of the chaff out so that they would have this little wheat germ that then they could eat. And all of a the sudden, uh, these Pharisees come up and start going, you're sinning against God. You're breaking the Sabbath. It's hard for us to, to really grasp because like they were just eating some little grain heads. They weren't even stealing from anyone. They were allowed to do this as they walked through, but they were met with such a harsh reaction because the Pharisees saw this as breaking one of the commands of God to keep the Sabbath holy. You see, the, the Sabbath law was essentially 
you shouldn't do any work on the Sabbath. Now, what God intended by that was going out and plowing a field and, and doing the work, but he, it was to be a time of rest and enjoyment of the presence of God in your life. But the Pharisees over time had kept adding laws and adding laws and adding laws to this till they figured out exactly how many steps you could take on a Sabbath day before it became work. The, the act of rubbing a head of wheat in your hand to get the grain was considered threshing. You were harvesting, which was a sin. Therefore, you were breaking God's commandment to keep the Sabbath holy. It's hard for us to understand, but that is how intent they were on keeping the law of God. And Jesus' response to them is very telling. He doesn't go, hey, God doesn't care about the Sabbath. Jeez, get off our back. Instead, what he does is he tells them, you've completely misunderstood the point of this. He says that man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. Now, when you put this together with his whole thing on fasting, what Jesus is telling them is you have completely misunderstood the purpose of the law, the Old Testament law. It was never meant for man to live simply to fulfill the law, but instead the law was a way of keeping man in right relationship with God. All, they had put things backwards, and as Jesus would say, the way you view it, man lives to serve the law, but actually the way God created it, the law is there to serve man. You have put your religion on such a place where people's whole lives are lived, how do I fulfill the law? How do I keep the law? How do I keep from breaking the law? And God would get missed in all of it. When instead the point was, how do I enjoy the presence of God? Keeping God's law keeps me in that sweet spot where God and I can have good relationship. The law was there to serve. The Sabbath, this, this holy day off to the Lord, this day where you were to accomplish nothing, you were simply to enjoy the presence of the Lord, was a beautiful gift that God had given to man, but man had started to use as a weight on top of other men. We struggle with this whole idea of the Sabbath as a whole anyway, because the thought of having an unproductive day is repulsive to some Americans. Like, I, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't accomplish anything. Yeah. A day set aside simply to enjoy the Lord and his gifts. It's a beautiful picture, but it's one that seems so foreign to us because we are so about working and earning. But Jesus says this was a beautiful gift given to you by the Father. This was something given to sustain you not a law and a weight given to keep you down. And now many times, we, we don't now serve uh, through this Old Testament law. That's not how we relate to God. But we've kind of created New Testament laws. And if we're not careful, we're in danger of doing the same things that the Pharisees did, which is all of a sudden living to just fulfill those laws. I have to be at church all the time or else God will be mad. I have to read my Bible this many times a week or else God will be mad. I have to pray this often in this way or else God will be mad. When instead, looking at those things and going, these are gifts from God that enable me to become the man or woman that God is calling me to be, that enable me to live in sweet relationship with him. I get to go to church and fellowship and worship with brothers and sisters because by doing that, I experience the love of God. 
I get to come and open his word as often as I can to experience God speaking to my heart. I get to pray. I get to go, as Paul said, uh, excuse me, not Paul, the, the writer of Hebrews said, I get to enter boldly into the throne room of grace and experience the presence of my God through prayer. These are beautiful gifts that if we're not careful, many of us have grown up with them being used as weights put on top of us. Things to, to, to prove once again that we don't measure up. Instead, looking at them as gifts given by the Father so that we can have opportunity to delight in Him. Jesus even takes a minute to kind of rub it in a little bit uh, and shares with them a story that to this day, I don't really know what to do with. I know this story well in the Old Testament. It comes from the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, and Jesus brings it up here and doesn't really give context for it, but just says, hey, remember that time that David was being chased by Saul and he went into the holy place and he took the bread, it was called the show bread. It was the bread that was put out to remind people of the presence of God. When they smelled bread, they would think of God. He says he took that and he ate it and even gave some to his companions. That was only supposed to be for the priests. David broke the law, but because of his need, because he was doing what God called him to do, God was okay with it. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't really know what to do with that story. But Jesus goes, look, if David could do that and not offend God, we can eat some wheat. We are not offending God. We are not breaking God's law, the heart of God's law. To, to spend this day remembering his goodness and being in his presence, he goes, my disciples are doing exactly that and they're enjoying some wheat along the way. It is not about this letter of the law type religion. It's about seeking the face of God and using the gifts he's given us to see him even more clearly. I'm gonna end this video uh, by just asking you to take a few moments, again, as an individual, as a family, whatever that looks like, and just spend a few minutes in silence just asking God a simple question. Are there any laws or commands that I've put above you? Are, have, I, have I lost the plot in any of this and just become doing what religion has told me to do and I've missed out on seeking your face? Are there any of those areas, uh, be it uh, when I read the Bible, when I pray, when I go to church, when I, any of those good Christian things that have just become about doing the good Christian things and I've missed those opportunities with you? If so, God, would you reveal them to us? Would you show us what it looks like to walk with you well? Uh, to, to do those good Christian things, those things we're commanded to do in the scripture, but to do them with the right frame of mind, to do them with expectation that God is going to meet me there and I'm gonna be different because of it. May we not miss him while we go about religious activities, but may we instead use those tools to seek his face. So I want you to just spend a few minutes when this video is over, just asking God those things. Have I missed you in any of those areas? May he speak clearly to you and may you be blessed by that time that you spend with him. God bless you.